the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Dare to Heal. It's a revolutionary act. We've all had traumas and negative programming that damaged us in one or many ways. When we heal, we hope everyone will support us, but that's not always the case. If you're the only sober member of an alcoholic family, your sobriety will force others to look at their own drinking. If you stop conforming to painful and foolish conventions, such as wearing high heels, which of course I don't do anymore, (laughs) friends will have to look at what they're doing and why. If you grow up in a spiritual community, peers might feel threatened when you question sacred cows. And if you change to a healthier diet, how do those around you justify that last cupcake? Have you dared to heal and change, even in the face of disapproval or worse? Dared to heal enough to take unpopular stands? Dare to heal enough to stand up to your own opinions and change them when you are wrong. Healing can be a revolutionary act, threatening your self-image, relationships, or sense of safety. Healing is part of the inner revolution, so stay tuned and call in to share. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, welcome to Inside Out, the Inner Revolution. Well, today is your day because we've been having a lot of guests and we haven't had a lot of uh, callers lately, so this is your chance to call in. And then next week, I have to admit that we've got another guest, but it's very exciting. You're going to want to hear about it anyway. So uh, don't, you know, feel free to call in. In the meantime, I would like to give you some of the news before we start talking about the topic of Daring to Heal. So, there is so much news. Uh, uh, You know, when you start looking for signs of the inner revolution, it's amazing what you discover. And what's also exciting is some of our listeners are sending us articles now. Uh, And I just want to thank everybody who's starting to do this because we don't catch everything. We, We couldn't even put everything on the show. It would be the whole hour and we'd still be going. Okay, but now the first thing I want to tell you is... There is a, a very interesting film that is coming out. It's, it's a, a feature-length documentary and six short films on the role of women in the Arab Spring. You know, all those uprisings against the kind of dictatorial governments. And what is fascinating, but we have to explain what this has to do with the inner revolution. Remember, the inner revolution is about oneness, accountability, and mutual support, with us also developing the habits of self-awareness, going towards the healing, and courage, and get support, support, support. So every time I look at a news item, it's not enough that something is awful, and it's not enough that something is great. It has to show some sign of inner revolution. So I think we have some good examples of that. So there is a woman named Ginny Redica, and she and another woman did a 
program, uh, these documentaries called The Trials of Spring. And this is about women's role in the Arab Spring and these uprisings. And what's revolutionary about this is really, maybe for us more than anyone else, to discover, because we only have this idea of Arab women as being very oppressed, but we never see them as protagonists, proactive people who are actually trying to liberate themselves. And there is that. So we have a situation of a woman, for instance, she's in the full documentary. She is Egyptian, and here's a quote from her. The army, they took off my veil and dragged me by the hair and took off my clothes in front of everyone. They dragged me in the street to the police station. There was a torture chamber there prepared to torture the girls. Okay, this is a woman named Hend. And she was sentenced to life in prison for protesting the military regime in Egypt. She, is, uh, she got away. In February, now this is the thing that we can do. In February 2015, the Obama administration convened its first ever international summit on countering violent extremism. Extremism, But the inclusion of women like Hend fell far short. In fact, only the last session on the last day of the summit listed women as a headline topic for discussion. So even though women had been singled out for harsh treatment by oppressive regimes and extremist groups in the Middle East and beyond, and they have a crucial role to play in determining the future of their societies, they're being left out. So it just so happens of September 2015... The Summit on Violent Extremism will reconvene, and there is a petition to ask the Obama administration to include a meeting of women peacebuilders with high-level U.S. defense and national security officials in the summit's agenda. Now, if you go to our Facebook page, and I'll tell you how to get there. If you can't find me by going to Beth Green on Facebook, we ha- I have a public page. If you can't find me there, you can go to our Intern at our website, uh, theinnerrevolution.org or bethgreen.org. Either one will get you there. And you will see up in the upper right-hand corner a link to our Facebook page. And you scroll down and you're going to see that petition and you can sign it right on our website. So if you feel all riled up about this as I did, I have to admit that I signed right away. Uh, you know, you might want to go and protest the fact that women are not being included, even though there's evidence that peace-building efforts are much more likely to succeed if women are included. But this, you know, it overturns the whole hierarchical view of the world and, and uh, where women are. So now I have another amazing story for you that people want zero emissions, emissions. Now, so many people act like climate advocates, people who are trying to combat global warming, are some kind of fringe. Fringe? Well, dig this. The UN had a global poll, and it said that nearly 80% of global citizens polled describe themselves as very concerned about climate change. And an even larger majority, more than more than 90%, say the new International Climate Treaty to be signed in Paris in December, should have a long-term goal of zero carbon emissions, which means that more than 9 out of 10 people on planet Earth think we should stop burning oil, gas, and coal that have helped boost low global temperatures to dangerous record highs. Now, you want to know who these people are? It's 10,000 people from the Philippines to Arizona. 
And they were carefully chosen to represent the planet's 7 billion population. And this is fascinating. The climate crisis worried similar numbers of people in both poor and rich countries. And we are having a show on the climate and the publical, the publical, the papal encyclical next week. Um, but isn't that fascinating? So if you're concerned about global warming and you want the government to do something about it, you are in the vast majority and you would never do it. Now, Here's another. Now that's uh, that's part of the inner revolution. People are waking up. We need to make changes, and we need to take accountability for what we're doing to the planet. I think that's pretty terrific. Now, here, this is a cute little story, and there's a snippet of it for the news. That, but I think you will really enjoy this part about the inner revolution. So, this was sent. This story was sent to me by Chris. So. A little more than 10 years ago, Texas banned soda machines and deep fryers in public school cafeterias, right? You don't want deep fried food and sugar in your kids. Well, now the current agricultural commissioner, Sid Miller, wants to do away with that ban. He believes these kinds of restrictions should be the hand of local school boards, not state regulators. Now, now what Sid has to say is this is an issue of freedom. So, for example, if a school board decided that arsenic should be served at lunch, uh, we shouldn't interfere with that. I mean, that's freedom, isn't it? If a parent <laughs> felt that it was perfectly legitimate to give their children, I don't know, a, a fried, you know, a, a road kill uh, every day, we should not step in. That's their freedom. They have a right to ruin their children. Well, excuse me, I think we know better than that. I think we're one. I think we have accountability, and we need to mutually support as well. So, but the, what makes this a story of the inner revolution? Because that's pretty depressing. I mean, they're tr- actually trying to overturn this ban, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people upset about it. But here, this is really cute. Fifth grader Austin Tharp, who recently guided the person, this is a story from NPR, through the narrow lunch line at Doss Elementary School in Austin. He has a whole different idea. See, healthful eating is a priority at the school. Ice cream hasn't been sold in five years. There's no soda. There's no candy. Not one piece of chocolate. Now, this fifth grader says he doesn't think a soda machine or deep fryer would be welcome. This is the fifth grader speaking. All those oils are definitely not good for you on a daily basis. (laughs) So... I think that's part of the inner revolution, that it's showing new levels of consciousness, wouldn't you say? And I think the fifth grader should be running the agriculture department, but what can, <laughs> we, what can we say? Okay, now I have a whole bunch of stories about the prison system and the mentally ill. You know, we have started talking about that more and more on the show. And um, so now, because what we're realizing, of course is that so many of the population of the jails is actually mentally ill. The ACLU, that's the uh, ACLU Civil Liberties Union of Southern California and the Basilon, or Basilon, I don't know how to pronounce it, Center for Mental Health Law, released a report Tuesday calling for alternatives to jail for mental, mentally ill offenders. And last month, a federal court Uh, who has been assessing the jails for years, sent a letter to L.A. County outlining what they count 
unconstitutional conditions for mentally ill jail inmates. Imagine that. This is coming from the court now. You see the shift in consciousness. Um, They're saying that, among other things, uh, that that the uh, L.A. County needs to find alternatives to incarceration for inmates who don't present a public safety uh, threat. And... In Miami, for instance, the report says a program providing supportive housing and wraparound services to mentally ill offenders reduced recidivism, which is the rate at which the the inmates go back to jail, from 75% to 20%. Duh. So it works. It's better. It works for the jails. (laughs) It works for everybody. Right? So I believe that this story was sent to us by Chris. Oh, please forgive me if I mess that up. And there's more statistics, but I have to move on. Elizabeth sent us a story about how retired racehorses are being given a second chance by being helped by inmates who are getting well because they're not be- because they're put in solitary confinement, which is a great place to put somebody who's already messed up, right? But <laughs> They're, being, they're getting help by actually creating connections with animals and having responsibility. So there's a lot of shift. And the last story that I want to tell you about that has to do with prison is also about the mentally ill. Now, this is an amazing story, too. This was in the Atlantic. I haven't been telling you where these stories are coming from. In Chicago, Cook County Jail the largest single-site jail in the U.S. has so many people passing through with mental illness that the Cook County sh- uh, Jail can also be considered the largest mental health facility in the nation. And under Sheriff Dart, I don't know where this man came from. He sounds like an angelic presence. Much of the jail's work is devoted to treating people with significant mental illnesses. And it's been run that way Since Dart's election in 2006, all incoming staff, including the 300 to 400 new correctional officers hired annually, now receive 60 hours of advanced mental illness treatment training. His officers can't simply be guards anymore, Dart emphasizes. This is a quote from this guy. This is the sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town. He said, (laughs) you have to be a doctor. You have to be a nurse. You have to be a social worker. You have to be all of these things. And um, the centerpiece of his reform is a structure uh, which is a few minutes away, and it's a former boot camp, the Mental Health Transition Center, which held, uh, opened last August, and it's helped, uh, helping inmates cope with mental illness and prepare to rejoin life on the inside. And um, this is amazing. See, look, guys. There's an inner revolution, and I'm going to tell you one more story, which uh, for some reason I don't see in the, our, our list, but I remember it. Bob sent us this. J- Miss Japan Universe, this is like Miss Universe from Japan this year, is a mixed-race woman who is part African-American and half Japanese. And if you look at her, she looks more African-American than Japanese. Now, why is that a sign of the inner revolution? Now, you know... I detest beauty pageants. I think it's ridiculous to judge women by beauty. And I can't stand the outfits. And I don't like competition. But in this bastion of whatever it is, 
there is a change in consciousness that the people of Japan, not all of them accepted this, by the way, are, that's oneness. If they acknowledge a woman who is part African-American, and there are so many uh, Asians, you know, Japanese, who came out of mixed marriages, especially, I don't know, because of the military, because of World War II, and so on. And, you know, instead of being seen as outsiders, this is the sign of a change in consciousness towards oneness, that we are all one, regardless of your skin color. And it's just amazing. You know, we, we had that story, I don't know, last week. I don't know if we, I don't even think we had a chance to talk about it on the air of this pool party in McKinney, Texas, where a, a police officer, poor guy, I don't know, he was having a, a bad day. I mean, he just lost control and he pinned down this teen girl, black teenage girl. But what was amazing is that the white teenagers were appalled and they took cell phone images of what's going on. And they said that the officer was ignoring the white kids and only coming down with uh, this uh, oh, total overreaction to the uh, black kids. So we can see it's like the change in our attitudes uh, towards uh, lesbians, gays, transgenders, and bisexuals. It's uh, the change in attitudes towards people of different colors. That is wonderful. We need more than just a change in attitude about these things. Of course, we need a total inner revolution where everybody begins to understand and live from a place of oneness, accountability, and mutual support. But I'm so happy to have so much good news to report to you today. And now I'm just going to talk very briefly, uh, before we go to commercial break, about the topic of today's show and invite you to call in. You know, we just had a lovely young woman show up today to help us out. We need help. And uh, she came over and she was talking about what she was experiencing when she went to a, a family affair, you know, around the use of alcohol and there she is. She's an outsider. She does not drink. And you see, when you stand up to a, a behavior that is sick but is accepted by your family, by your friends, by the whole world, you may not be supported even though it's better for you and for the family and for the world. How many of the kids, of the friends of this kid who said, I don't want to have fried food and soda, you know, that's unhealthy, you know, maybe today that child is being supported. I know that 10 years ago, if you tried to put your child on a healthy food plan, people thought you were a kook and that you were making your child's life miserable instead of protecting their health. That's part of the inner revolution, you see, is for us to stand up for our healing, for the well-being of ourselves and others, regardless of what other people think. So you call in and share your story about healing. But before that, let's go on to our commercial break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. 
Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The inner revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's BethGreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution, with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Well, we are encouraging you to call because we don't have a guest today. And some of you have been waiting expectantly to have a chance to say something, and here it is. And there's nobody on the line yet. So, James, would you give out that number mm-hmm. again? Sure. Uh, that number is one 472 5795 That's one 472 5795 So please do call us with your comment or a question. You know, one of the things that I'd like to talk about, now that I can slow down, because <gasps> we had a lot of news today. <laughs> I wanted to get in all that news, because it's so astounding. It's inspiring. Don't you think it's inspiring? Very much Anyway, so. what, I, what I feel about this topic about Dare to Heal is I have seen this so often, because I've been an intuitive counselor for so many years, and I've seen family systems that have really pressured people to not change. And it can be totally unconscious. People could be saying to you, rah, rah, oh, I think it's great. But you can feel it. You can feel it when people don't think it's great. And sometimes your friends will shun you. And we have to have compassion for the people who don't want to hear the message uh, you know, people who are eating compulsively, who are drinking, it's so obvious, or are conforming to all kinds of bad behavior. People in religious institutions that are perpetuating very damaging belief system, in their hearts, they must know. I, I mean, I'm a cockeyed optimist. I believe on some level we all know what's bad, what's damaging, what's hurtful. And yet, uh, when somebody does something to really change that, that really puts our asses on the line. Well, I'm happy to say we have three callers, and I'm not going to speak another minute. So the first person, not right now. So the first caller is Irene from Fallbrook. Welcome, Irene, to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. Hi, Beth. Um, Thanks for this topic, healing, because I've noticed recently that when I'm on the verge of healing something, I get very angry with people who are doing the same thing. 
<laughs> you mean the ex-smokers attitude? Yeah, it's, it's uh, the other day I was on a call and someone was making excuses and I just I kept on her and on her and on her about not making excuses. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I got to intervene with later on and we're <laughs> going we're gonna to work on it. But, you know, what is that in us that you know, I just want to heal okay. the world and forget myself? <laughs> well, I think what that is in most cases, and of course this is ne- not going to apply to every single person in every single situation, but I think it's really fear-based. If I have just given up something, like let's say I've given up hiding or I've given up uh, uh, smoking, see, I how far am I from where I was yesterday? About uh, 10 seconds, you, I can see that you've already get what I mean. And so you're scared about falling back. And one of the yeah. ways that we deal with our fears is to separate from other people because if you said, boy, I know how you feel. I feel like hiding too or I, I really wish I was going to have a cigarette too. Like You're afraid that you're going to be feeding that part of you that wants to hide or smoke. And so it's very understandable that that happens, but there has to be a better way, of course, for us to handle that. For example, we could say, you know, I, I've been doing that maybe until like 10 seconds ago. I, I had that same behavior. And maybe there's a lot in me that's still pulling me back to it. And it sort of scares me that I may get back into it. But I really see this, that this is hurting you too. And how can I support you? Wow, that would be so different. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Because it brought tears to my eyes because I could just see that vulnerable part of me who is frightened. Yes. Yes, you can have compassion for yourself. You know, we have to have compassion for the Nazi within. (laughs) So thank you for calling, Irene. Thanks. Okay, and next we have Helen from California. Hi. Hi, Helen. Welcome to Inside Out, the Inner Revolution. Well, we're talking about daring to heal I mean, I could have, I could talk about so many things, um, but I think the thing that first popped into my mind is uh, separating from my husband mm. and how, what a healing that has been. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it turns out for both of us. And I think people are so afraid, including myself, to make decisions like that that seem so radical, so... Um, I don't know. Disruptive. Violent. Disruptive. Disruptive, thank you. Yeah. So disruptive. And yet, it's been just an unbelievable freeing experience for both of us to find ourselves and to blossom and heal. And this, I just... yeah. This is a very important point that you're raising, Helen. Very important because there are people out there who are going to be listening to this show. And I hope they're going to be asking themselves this question. What is it that I need to heal that I'm afraid to? And sometimes it's 
that we're caught up in a very unhealthy dynamic in an intimate relationship where our whole survival, well-being, social status, everything is wrapped up. You know, if a, a woman with three kids who's dependent on a guy wakes up in the morning and says, oh my God, what was I thinking? You know, this is really a sick relationship. I have to do something about it. Um, when that happens, she the first thing is, well, what will other people think? Uh, you're disrupting the family. You're going to be hurting your children. Like all those voices are going to be coming in and are going to be telling her or him. I mean, it could be that she could be on the other foot. Uh, your parents, uh, her parents are going to be thinking, well, we didn't get divorced. Or her parents did get divorced and she swore that she would never get divorced or whatever that story is. There are so many relationships that do get disrupted. And that disruption is a healthy thing. But we are not trained to look at disruption as healthy. We, we want everything to be peaceful. Our idea of a good relationship is when there's peace in the house. When sometimes that's a, that is really a sign of a sick relationship where nobody's talking about anything. So we have so much in us that says, don't rock the boat. It's going to upset other people. The children will be angry. Uh, I'm going to lose my money and uh, and, and that, that uh, we're afraid to make a move. But it could be something also like I recognize that I'm in the wrong profession and that this is killing me, that I have too much stress or that it's wrong for me physically or I have no gift in this arena. And then you say, well, I think I'm healing. I'm beginning to realize this and I feel that I should leave this profession. Well, what happens to the whole family that's depending on you for that paycheck? They're not going to want you to do that. And yet, it's always liberating. Like you're saying, Helen, if a relationship is sick, it is sick for everybody. It can't be just sick for one person. If somebody is a bully and is an abuser, it isn't only for the benefit of the one who's abused that the, the abused one walk out of the relationship. In fact, it would be great if the abuser walked out. If the abuser said, you know, I can't stand myself. I, I can't be like this anymore. If, you're, if you are molesting children, you need to get away from those children. Put those children in a safe place. Go get some treatment. And so anybody, anybody can break these relationships because they're bad for everyone. And so it's beautiful to have somebody who's willing to say that and to say that publicly and to give courage to those who are still afraid to make those waves. So is there well, anything thank else? You. To, thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, and now we have Todd from California also. Hi. Hello, Todd. Welcome to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. I think it is revolutionary to heal um, just to even face ourselves, you know. Um, I mean, it feels revolutionary to me because I never wanted to do it until, you know, I met you and, I mean, to really do it, you know. I mean, yeah. there's kind of on a superficial level, it looks good in some way that you're working on yourself. Yes. Um, but to really um, face the things that I didn't want to admit, um, I think it is revolutionary, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm not sure what else to say other than 
I want to encourage others to do that uh, because the more of us that do that and are willing to face ourselves and the potential, uh, the ramifications, the real ramifications and the yeah. ramifications that we fear uh, yeah. will happen in um, owning aspects of ourselves that might be embarrassing or um, even worse, you know, bring up shame, such as uh, me recently admitting that I have ADD and Mm-hmm. It's so liberating, isn't it? It is. It is. It is liberating. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that what you're saying is so important, Todd. People don't realize how much they are suffering from their own uh, bad behavior or mm-hmm. negative behavior or whatever it is that they think they're hiding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not really hiding it. I mean, everybody feels it. Everybody knows it. It's, it, it, it amuses me, really, when people say, oh, I, well, let's say uh, somebody is having an affair on their mate. Uh, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to tell their mate they're having an affair because their mate not, might not like it. They might be upset. They might throw them out. They might all that stuff. But the mate is already feeling that there's something wrong and doesn't have a name for it. And when you tell the mate, ah, I'm having an affair, uh, then you both have an opportunity to say, well, let's take a look at whether this relationship is worth saving. Yeah. And let's get some counseling. And Or if the mate says, well, that's it. I've had it. You're out of here. That means that that relationship is not viable to start with. Or that that other person isn't willing to heal. You know, it, it's... the. There is no hiding. We feel everything. And it's so confusing. I had a husband, not James. I had a husband who was having an affair, went back to drinking and drugs and all that after 11 years of sobriety. And I, I knew the day, the day I said to him, I have a feeling, all of a sudden I'm feeling jealous. I can't imagine why I'd been with this guy for you know, I think by that time we'd been together 13 years. That thought had never even come to me. But see, what happened was I could pick it up telepathically. And I confronted him and he said, no, why would you ever say a thing like that? You're crazy. Well, so I'm left feeling like I'm crazy. So when he had finally admitted it, it was a great relief. Yeah. So even on that level, so it makes, and he made, it made him sick to be doing something like that behind my back. And it just made him drink and use more. So if we don't come out with the truth, we don't get any help. And we don't get any help. We don't have any change. And what you're saying is as true on the macro level as it is on the micro level. If we're afraid to tell the truth about ourselves, we're probably also afraid to tell the truth about our world. And if we're afraid to confront authority figures in our life will be terrified to confront the government or the, the police or any of that when they are wrong. Not to say that they're always wrong, but when they are wrong. And the revolution can only happen when we become so excruciatingly honest about everything and when we feel divinely guided as to what to fight. We can't fight everything. We can't right every wrong. But there is something that each one of us has within us to do or several things that we have within us to do. And that's the thing that we need to take on. 
But in order to do that, we need courage. And for that, so many of us need well-being. So many of us are so afraid because of the trauma that we've gone through in our lives that we don't have the courage to stand up to everyone who's trying to get us to shut up. And so healing not only revolutionizes our personal situation, but it gives us the power to revolutionize our world. So I'd like to thank you for your comment, Todd. Is there anything you'd like to add before we hang up? Feels like he must be gone already. In no, any I case, said thank you for doing what you're doing. That was it. Oh, I didn't hear that. Thank you, Todd. Thank you very much. Okay, we have one more caller on the line, so please feel free to call in. And we just have a few minutes before our commercial break, so we can start with her, and it'll probably we'll probably go over with her afterwards, unless it's really fast. But do feel free to call in, and it's Elizabeth from San Diego. It's Hi. nice to hear from our old friends. I don't know if you've missed them, but... <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. Um, I had a couple of things that came to mind. Um, the first one was that uh, one of my sisters, this was actually a while back, a few years back, um, I've been doing this inner healing work with you in the organization for several years now, and my sister sees the change in me. And she acknowledged that, and she's like, I don't know what you're doing, but it scares me so much, I don't have the courage. But if I do get the courage, I'm going to come out and see what it is that you're actually doing. Really? Yes. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, look how daring to heal is not only a revolutionary act for you, but it's an act of support and inspiration for others. Ah. Oh! I love that. Yes. So, yes. so you have like one minute left before we go to break. Would, would you um, like to share something else and then we can keep you on the line? Okay. Uh, the second one was um, this, uh, the 15-minute session I just had with you and the step I was able to take and see that I had been putting all my focus into like one person in my life that I was trying to help and how it wasn't really helping them instead of me listening to my calling of helping those who help others to have a greater impact on the whole. And I, I just feel so much happiness in what I'm doing now with my life because of this change of focus, this, this shift. Oh, oh, I love that. I'm so glad that you shared that, Elizabeth. What she's talking about by the 15 minutes is you can have a private consultation with me. It's called 15 Minutes with Beth. You go to my website. And you go to the private time with Beth and you'll see there's a page and there's an auto scheduler and you can pay by PayPal and all of that. And those 15-minute sessions have been revolutionary <laughs> because yes, I, I, I'm so, so clear. It's, it's a format that works amazingly and we've been able to do deeper healing since I did that than when I used to work an hour and a half segments with people. So, I, I mean, that is the truth. And I, I'd like to... Thank you so much for sharing that, Elizabeth, because, you know, that is such an important example 
of where we feel guilty. Let's say we've been told that, you know, on some conscious or unconscious level, we're supposed to take care of a person in our family, like, oh, our mother has migraines. Well, take care of her. And we grow up with the idea that that's what we're supposed to do with our life. Well, maybe that isn't what we're supposed to do with our life, (laughs) you know, but we've been programmed in a certain way to absorb it. and, And we did not make a conscious choice. And we haven't looked at whether or not we are actually being effective by doing that. And if there isn't anything way more effective that we can do, and that is revolutionary, to take your energy and put it into the right thing and have an impact is revolutionary. So that may be, in fact, what you had to share, Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank well, you. thank you so much for calling. We're going to commercial break, but we have time for a couple more callers. So get on that phone. And right now we're going to break. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The inner revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, welcome back to Inside Out. Before we get to our next caller, I would like to make one comment uh, more about healing. We talk in the innerrevolution.org and on our show about the commitments of the inner revolutionary, which is to be in the oneness and start to relate to everybody and see our connection and to become accountable for our and the collective behavior and to become mutually supportive. And I, I cannot emphasize enough why the habit of healing is so important. So many of us justify our behaviors even when they are destructive to ourselves and others we we either deny that they exist or we rationalize them away but healing is possible that is why we have such an emphasis on healing in our organization it's not just me we have the 15 minutes with beth but we have uh interns also who do low-fee counseling we have helen who you've heard from many times who is a terrific counselor 
we have groups of for women, for men, for families, for couples. We have all kinds of supports. We have daily check-in calls. We have so many modalities, and we also have a school of intuitive counseling where we're training people to use their intuition to help heal our world, either as professionals or just as lay people or just as change agents in our world. Healing, 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 healing. When we heal, we can really change. When we change, we can change our world. And our next caller is Richard, who is also from California. Welcome to Inside Out, Richard. Thank you, Beth. This is the first time I'm calling in, so that's revolutionary for me. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm calling in because not to really respond to what Helen said, but to, to affirm that since she is my wife, that we, the separation that we're currently in has been a remarkable um, positive experience, healing experience. And, it, you know, I, I didn't really think that that was the case or I wasn't sure what I thought. I, you know, I, was, I thought, okay, this is what's happening, so let's go forward. But I had no idea that it would lead to the, the growth that I've been able to experience, and um, you know, it's it's brought me to uh, help activate a lot more power in myself, within myself, and act and do things that I hadn't, and uh, you know, it's it's very gratifying that way. You know, Richard, that is so important and it's great that you're speaking up and bearing witness to that because people out there can say oh yeah sure easy for her to say right but actually you're the other half and you're yeah, saying the not, same thing and I'm not saying it's easy you know it's yeah. it's not easy but it's been worth the effort well worth m- more than well worth the effort you know to experience the healing and the power and the, it's created an opening, I think, for both of us, and um, individually, and with, within the relationship too. Even though we're both uncertain about what's going to happen, but it, you know, we're going forward, and um, I think that's what's positive. Instead of instead of letting the fear, or in my case, maybe the security of the relationship, mm-hmm. just hanging on to that when I knew deep down, that something was amiss. Absolutely. And that's such an important point. Like I was saying earlier, everybody knows when there's something wrong with the relationship, even if they don't admit it. Even if somebody is the dominating character in the play, and you say, oh, well, he isn't going to want that to change because it's, you know, his, his wife is standing up to him. This is an example. I'm not talking about you. Uh, well, that's not true, though, because the person who is dominating is being left to rot in an old relationship that makes him or her sick on the inside. And so sometimes it's frightening, and sometimes the other person never gets to that point that you're at where you feel that appreciation. We can't do it because we really think that the other partner is going to say, oh, isn't that wonderful? 
We have to do it anyway. We have to do it because it's right, because we have to know deep down in our guts that we are healing the world when we refuse to collude in a relationship that isn't working. And I love to think about leaving relationships rather than leaving people. When you let go of an old relationship, it doesn't mean you have to let go of the person. It means you have to let go of the old way of relating. And sometimes that means requires a separation so that you have the freedom and space to reconstruct yourself and to build something new. But if you don't let go of the old relationship, you can't have a new relationship. I'm pretty sure it was Vladimir Lenin, who was the father of the Russian Revolution, who said, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what you said is very true, and and I agree with you 110%. And And, actually, I think, you know, this move uh, has been revolutionary because it's, it's, I I don't know, thrust is the word. It's given me the thrust and the power to move forward. And it's not something I would have done on my own, you know. But because Mm -hmm. of the disruption that it created and the break, it mm-hmm. made me take a look at myself and what my life was and what I wanted to be. And, you know, I want to create, and I'm in the process of doing that, a new me, and then I can respond to the world differently once, you know, as that inner revolution keeps unfolding within myself. You know, again, I want to support that, what you're saying. I would say that, when you're stuck in an old relationship that is toxic, you are actually being poisoned on a, uh, on a regular basis. And that deprives you of energy. Everybody is yeah. putting their energy into maintaining something that's poisoning them. You know, that's and, interesting because my energy level in the last, we separated in April, so in the last however long that's been, two months, let's say, it hasn't been very long, has just increased remarkably. And, um, you know, it's true. And I, I didn't even realize that that was the case. Well, if the, think about it for a moment. If Let's say you're in a tug of war with somebody. Do, mm-hmm. Does anybody move? Nobody ever moves. You put out a tremendous amount of energy and you utilize your strength and you beat yourself up and you don't go anywhere. But if yeah. one person lets go, you go flying because yeah. the energy that you've been using to resist the other person is now propelling you in the direction which you were going. Now, of course, that's one thing is you land on your ass. But then all that energy that you have potentially could be used for something else. And if you don't mind me sharing this, uh, Richard, you have recently taken on the co-leadership of a men's group. Mm-hmm. And that is really offering support to men. And could you take a moment to talk about that? Are you comfortable with talking about that? Yeah, I think so. Well, um, yeah, it, my, I was going to say initiation, what motivated me to do that was positive experiences that I had as a result of uh, a men's retreat and, and have been, and have being in the men's, what was a men's group before. And I know that the inner revolution has just made a difference in 
an amazing difference for me, and it still is. And so I, you know, it's. I mean, I have my own, like everyone, healing work to do, and I also feel that I'm at a point in my life where I want to make a difference to other men because I know that there are other men like me that were holding on to old, useless, and harmful, toxic, just beliefs that were actually holding us, not them, holding all of us back. So, And that, that was a concept that I didn't always really understand. It's only recently that I've come to understand that. And so, excuse me, so I just see this as an opportunity to live what I'm talking about. You know, it's like to walk the talk. Yes. Um, So I'd like to tell people the name of the group is Men Getting Real with Men. And if you go to our website, theinnerrevolution.org or bethgreen.org, it's the same website, if you go into the healing tab, uh, you will see a link to the men's group. And uh, Richard is now co-leader of it. I mean, he's like a different human being. I mean, he's not like a different human being. He is a different human being. <laughs> and uh, he and his uh, co-leader are doing a fantastic job of you know, really standing in that light and offering support to other men. So I just, since you called, it just seemed like it was a perfect opportunity. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, and I'm glad you were sp- as specific as you were. I'm sorry I wasn't a bit more specific, but, um, you, you know, you, you got the word out, so that's what counts. That's right, that's right. Because, I'd like to you know, add something to that, too, if I may. Great. Yeah, I, I'm also involved with that men's group, and it's really helping me to work through my competition with other men. As a man growing up, uh, as boys, we competed with each other. We didn't uh, want to show weaknesses to each other because then it would give the advantage to the other person. There's a lot of stuff there tied up with the male ego and the male conditioning, which I Absolutely. feel this, this group is really helping me move through. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, and I was going to say in my former life, because you just described me as a different, <laughs> a new person or a different person. <laughs> I remember exactly what you said. But, yeah. you know, I was very dominated by my ego, and of course, didn't you know? I didn't see it, or I, yes, or I yes. saw it sometimes, but I couldn't get past. Yes. Its well, domination. we have. We are like at the. We have run out of time. I would love to talk about this more, maybe on another show about this men's group, and okay. uh, I'm so pleased that we're talking about it, and that is freedom for everybody. You know, there was a time, talk about daring to heal, if a man said, I will not fight, he was considered a sissy. (laughs) And now I think that men are beginning to realize that the men who are fighting for well-being are not the sissies, they are the heroes. So, James, please tell us about next week's show. We have less than a minute. One minute. Okay, our next week's show is entitled Paris, Rome, and Iowa. The link what do what these things have in common? The link is John Davis, who shares about the climate and our future. Paris, there's going to be a conference on uh, the climate in December. Rome, uh, <clears throat> the Pope is coming out with an encyclical, uh, which he's going to be talking about, John Davis is going to talk about, uh, addressing the issue of climate change from the moral and religious perspective. And then Iowa John Davis is in Iowa, and he wants to be involved with the political 
he's an organizer for the Climate Reality Project in Iowa. He wants to bring that into the political arena and help that be a, a major thrust in the 2016 election. And he could help us understand these, these things that he's learned so much about and is teaching about regarding what we can do regarding climate change. So there we are. Tune in, call in, and now a final word from Beth. Don't miss this show. If you're alive on the planet, you care about climate change. And, uh, you know, call in next week and hear John and all, and find out about the amazing things that are happening in our world. So lots of love and see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Think outside the box and have a great week.